Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, we begin a brand new series entitled The Wonders of Worship. Over the course of the next few weeks, we will be taking a look at certain questions with regards to what worship is, why we do it, and when we do it. Kicking off our series is our senior pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott. Here he is with this week's message. Thank you for listening. We're responding uh-huh. to something that's been provided. Yeah. Our response involves our emotions. Yeah. If you're excited about something, you show that. You smile or you jump up and down or you clap your hands or you do something to indicate that you're happy. Yeah. So when we sing songs of praise, those are songs of exaltation or magnification where we make God be seen and that involves something positive and something high. Yeah. Um, so there is that, yeah. you know, that optimistic output of emotion sure. in that time. And then there are other times when you're somber and you're still and you're reflective yeah. and those are emotions. Yeah. There are other times when a song can provoke something in your life, uh, an experience you had, an important date in your life, uh, an anniversary, a birth, a death, and if someone sings a song of worship or a, a song, a psalm or a hymn or a spiritual song, it can, it can move us to tears. Sure. It can, yeah. it can make us really like, wow, sure. yeah, I remember that now. Sure. I haven't heard sure. it since that time. Yeah. So those are real emotions, and I believe God gave us the emotions on purpose for us to be able to... Uh, to, to worship him. You know, there's guys out there who say, well, I'm not emotional, right? So I don't want to sing. What would you say? To yeah, sure. Say to I, um, yeah, that's a really hard one because I, I know for me sometimes, yeah, I get up and I'm tired and I don't feel like, you know, uh, giving God my all in yeah. the morning. But I, I think it is really important not to let your flesh dictate how you worship, but to let the Word of God do that. And it is uh, a command. I think it's like over 120 times God says to sing praises to Him. Um, he says to do things like lift holy hands uh, to the Lord. He says to clap your hands, all you people. Yeah. Um, I think these are uh, commands from Scripture that sometimes, yeah, we might not feel like doing them, yeah. but I think it's still important to, to push past. Because, um, you know, sometimes I don't feel like praying or reading the word but when i do those things out of obedience to god um it blesses the lord and blesses my life too and so i think pushing past that stuff's important but but also i think we all have that capacity like i've seen you know guys that are quote-unquote unemotional like they'll be watching a football game and they'll they'll go crazy which is which is great yeah you know but um you know, the Lord's saved us from hell. He's brought us into a relationship with Himself. He's forgiven us of our sins. He's done so much. When I focus on what the Lord's done for me and not myself and not how I feel or what I do or don't want to do, and I just I, I, I fix my eyes on what He's done and what He's continuing to do, um, that helps sure. a lot. But then sometimes there are those times when you you got to be like, God, search my heart. Is there a wicked way that's within me or a way that I need to change? And just ask the Holy Spirit to come in there and be like, examine my heart. Why why don't I want to sing or why don't I want to engage? Is there something within me? Like, I don't think it's any coincidence that the first commandment of the Ten Commandments is, you know, to put the Lord your God first, have no other gods before me, you know. I think when we're putting God first in our lives, um, it just there's a natural, everything you do is, is worshipful. Yeah. And then I think what's awesome is when you're leading a life of worship with the Lord first, you come in Sunday mornings, it's like you're already there. You know, right. It, it, right. it almost doesn't matter sometimes what the music is or what, like, it's like you're just overflowing from your relationship with God. Amen. 
That video uh, that you see there um, was something that we did a few months back. By the way, good morning. Uh, I, a few months ago, I, I said, we're going to do a series on worship. And I, I said, Brad and Marcus, many of you don't know Marcus. He's our worship pastor over in the sanctuary at 10. I said, guys, we, we're going to do a series on worship. I want to get your thoughts, right? What do we want to talk about when it comes to worship? And I, I remember them coming to my office. And I said, what, what are we going to talk about when it comes to worship? I said, I was thinking maybe it's how we sing or the songs we sing. And they said, no, no, no. We want to we address what it really means to worship from a bird's eye view. What worship really is. Addressing some of those questions in life that we have about worship. In fact, that interview, uh, the, the conversation in my office, I, I simply asked them the one question, what do you guys think about worship? And they started talking back so much to each other, I could have left the room and they wouldn't even have known that. And so we said, hey, let's recreate that here uh, and let's let you teach the congregation because your combined experience with worship can speak volumes to our church. So over the next few weeks, you're going to be hearing from uh, Pastor Brad, Pastor Marcus, and their hearts on worship. But before we do uh, be, uh, continue here today, let's, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. Thank you for the fact that we can come and not only talk about worship, but actually engage in worship. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do here today. We thank you for the fact that we can celebrate communion and what you did on the cross for us. Lord, I pray that you... Speak to us here now as we hear from your word. We thank you that we can have a relationship with you, that you can speak to us. Many of us don't feel like engaging in worship here this morning, but we do it because you're worthy of that. So we thank you. I pray that you speak through me now, that my lips are your lips, my heart is your heart. And you impress upon us the message you want us to hear. And that we aren't just hearers of the word, but we'll be doers of it as well. And I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. In a few weeks' time, we're going to do a series, uh, excuse me, a worship night here at Christ Church. It's called Generations. We did a worship night a few uh, months back in the spring, and it was one of the most powerful services most people would ever say. They came, it was over in the sanctuary just because we had more room, but it was Wilson Hall folks, folks in sanctuary were there, and we just had a night of worship. One hour, worship. No preaching, no offering, nothing else. Just worship. You need to be there. Generations, a night of worship, Sunday, September 23rd at 7. Because this whole series, we're talking about what it means and what it means to worship. We're answering some of those questions we have about worship. What, I wonder what it looks like to worship throughout the week. I wonder what uh, style of worship is one better than the other. I wonder if anything happens to me when I worship. We're going to talk about that next week. This week, we reflect on the idea of, I wonder if worship is just for emotional people. It's funny, as guys, we're not very emotional, are we? In fact, my daughter, uh, a couple weeks back, asked, I said, Dad, I never see you cry. I said, well, I will try to do that in front of you at some point here soon, right? <laughs> she goes, you ever cry at movies? I said, I only cry at one movie. I said, uh, she goes, oh, what, what, what movie is that? I said, Rudy. Some of you know the movie Rudy. It's a foot, old football movie where some guy who's, who's kind of short and wasn't really good at football, lived a tough life, and wanted to go to Notre Dame, and finally got to Notre Dame, right? And after all this hardship, finally gets in one game, one play, and he tackles the quarterback, and they carry him off the field, right? So it's the only movie I ever cried at. In fact, this week, I, I thought, I'm going to just look up the ending of Rudy, right? That last minute. 
And <laughs> I started watching this as like this one-minute clip of their, you know, them carrying the Rudy off the field, right? And uh, I'm getting all emotional, and Pastor Barry walks in my office, right? And I'm wiping away tears. He's like, what's the matter? He's like, I'm watching Rudy. I, you know, that, it's that emotional, right? <laughs> Guys don't like to be emotional, right? We had a men's breakfast yesterday. I stood back and watched the men because I was curious, right? When we did our time of praise and worship, most of the men stood there like this, right? Straight face, no emotion, right? A lot of people in, in worship will look around, people um, that are raising their hands that are crying going, man, that person is a complete mess, right? How emotional, right? And what we're talking about here today is that worship isn't just about emotions. In fact, some people don't even feel like coming into worship here this morning. Some of you do not feel like coming in and worshiping here at Christ Church this morning. You're going through some tough stuff. You're going through issues in life. I want to remind you when David, as, as Robbie already said, when David was writing the psalm, things were not all hunky-dory for David, were they? He was uh, having an affair with uh, uh, some woman. He had had her, had her husband killed. He had a, a son who had died, uh, another son that was turning on him to take over the kingdom. All kinds of stuff. David is going through all kinds of stuff in life, and yet he writes Psalm 100. It wasn't that things are so good in his life that he is able to come to a point where he goes, yes, I really feel like shouting for joy right now. Absolutely not. Some of you are at the same point. You say, I don't want to come in. Maybe your question this morning is, it's not a, it's worship for emotional people, or what do I do when I just don't feel like worshiping? What do we do when we just don't feel like worshiping? Worship is not about our emotions. We worship because we're responding to God. That's what you need to understand here. Worship is not just for emotional people. People that are crying or raising their hands or shouting for joy, as Brad was saying in that video, you know, when we watch football games, there's a lot of football on yesterday, and people are hollering and screaming. You wonder why they could do that at a football game, but maybe not here on Sunday mornings, because they think worship may be just for emotional people. It's not. We find out from this passage, Psalm 100, that in worship we raise our voice to God, don't we? We raise our voice to God. Look at verse 1. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there. Psalm 100, verse 1. It says, shout for joy to the Lord. That word shout there is that Hebrew term for a ruah. What would happen is uh, when kings would come home from battle, a winning king, this, uh, somebody would come in and yell to everybody that the king is coming. And they would line the streets and everybody would be shouting for joy as this king entered into the gates. I remember being uh, a few years back, we were in Disney, and they said, uh, we have a parade going on. I had a cup of coffee, and I turned around, and two seconds later, there was 100,000 people that just lined the streets. I thought, I've never seen a line form so quick, right? People crying and screaming and hollering and shouting, all kinds of stuff. When it comes to our worship here, we need to be shouting for joy to the Lord, all the earth. That's why we put our hands up and praise. Our agenda is to meet God when it comes to worship. God's agenda is to meet with us. When we walk down, we can't be quiet. We're not raising our voices necessarily to draw attention. We shout because the Lord's with us. Do you know the Lord's with us this morning? That should give us praise and glory. That's when we come and we sing right away. We, we, we enter in a time of worship because in worship we raise our voice to God, but also in worship we give honor to God. Look at verse uh, 2. It says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Worship the Lord with gladness. If you have a King James Version, you'll know this is a different translation. In King James it says this. It says, Serve the Lord with gladness. So you may ask the question, well, is it worship or is it, is it serve? What's, what's the difference? There is no difference. 
In fact, what you need to recognize is that when we get to a place of serving in joyful worship, then worship is actually serving. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your hearts as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Worship doesn't just take place on Sunday mornings. That's what we're going to find out uh, in the weeks to come, that what does it look like to worship throughout the week? I can tell you right now, a tidbit, you want to have a joyful worship on Sunday mornings, you need to be worshiping throughout the week. Worship happens on Monday mornings in the mechanic shop. Worship can happen in Tuesdays uh, in, in in the teacher's room. In the classroom, Wednesday happened in the doctor's office. People that know and love the Lord are worshiping at all times. I've been in those places where you come in and somebody's just joyful, talking about the love of Christ. And you go in and go, man, I wasn't here for for church, but you got some church when you were there, right? That's worship. We work at it with all our hearts, says Paul. The psalmist says, worship the Lord in gladness. I was talking to a friend a, a while back, and he said, you know, I didn't like worship this week, right? I didn't like the three songs that Brad picked. Some of you will not like the songs that Brad picked this morning, and you will be happy to write me a note and leave me a note to let me know your preference for worship, the songs that we need to sing, right? A few months ago, I got a list of approved songs from a congregant. That's fantastic. Uh, I pass that on uh, to Brad and to Marcus. I let them deal with it. But one of the things that you'll find out is you may not like the worship on Sunday mornings. The people that are frustrated with worship on Sunday mornings are the people that are coming in and only getting worship on Sunday mornings, though. Follow me on this. If you're worshiping throughout the week, if you're worshiping constantly throughout the week, you won't need Sunday mornings for the three songs or four songs that we sing to feel like you've really worshiped. Some of you feel like, hey, I didn't really get much out of the worship this morning. And you'll go out and you'll live your life throughout the week without even thinking about God. And you'll come in on Sunday mornings and go, I didn't like those songs. And you'll feel like inadequate, like you didn't actually worship. The key is, isn't the worship on Sunday mornings, it's the worship throughout the week. When you worship throughout the week, you can come in Sunday mornings, we can play any song here this morning, and you'll love it. Why? Because you'll realize that you've been worshiping throughout the week. It doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. In worship, we give honor to God. Worship, we honor who He is. We honor what He's done for us throughout the week. That's what we do. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Because in, in our worship, we also draw near to God, don't we? Look at verse 2. The, the last part of verse 2 says, Come before Him with joyful songs. Here's what I want you to remember and get. Our songs are not created to create gladness, but to express it. In other words, there is a link between music and worship and praise, right? And throughout history, music has been that instrument. But here's the danger many churches, many believers get into, is that they end up worshiping the music more than God himself. They end up worshiping a certain song because of how it makes them feel. Worship isn't about the music. Music is the vehicle that stirs the emotion, right? It expresses our heart, but music itself is not worship. It's the protocol that prepares the hearts and sets the stage for the encounter with the Almighty God, which then leads to worship. That's the difference. There's music, there's praise, and there's worship. When we talk about praise in the Bible, when we hear about praise in the Bible, it's full of praise, right? It says, praise the Lord with joyful songs. It says, praise Him with instruments, with dancing, with clapping of hands, with all kinds of stuff. Musical instruments instruments, right? Praise is easy. Worship is not. There's a complete difference. You can praise someone all day, and that's easy. Worship 
It's a little bit harder. Let me show you what that looks like. Years ago, uh, if you have kids, you know that you give them praise for all kinds of stuff, right? All kinds of things. You praise your children for what they've done. Many, many years ago, I know he's probably in here and will get mad, but I'll tell him anyway. My son came home from a camp, and they were doing crafts. You ever, parents, you know what it's like to have crafts in your house, right? Well, my son came home with this ginormous craft that they've been working on all week, right? He said it was Noah's Ark, right? I want to tell you what it looks like to me, right? To me, it looked like the trash can and the garbage disposal had a baby which threw up, and then he just glued all that stuff together, right? Just random garbage, right? Paper towel holders, toilet paper wrappers, junk, gum, all kinds of stuff, right? And he hands me this thing. Well, of course you're going to praise your kids, right? I'm not going to say, man, that's the worst thing I've ever seen, right? You're high school art teacher called and said you failed already. No, I'm not going to say that, right? I'm going to say, great job. That's amazing. Great job. You did such a good job on that, Cade. We can praise all day. We can praise people all day for what they've done for us. Hey, thank you for that wonderful meal. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for that encouragement. Praise, church, is super easy. Worship is a whole nother level altogether because worship goes to to a different part of our hearts. Worship is the art of losing ourselves. Praise can be part of worship, but worship goes beyond praise. Praise is easy. Worship is not. Worship gets to the heart of who we are. When the Bible starts talking about worship, the tone changes altogether. It says, worship the Lord in the beauty of the holiness. Come, let us worship and what? Bow down. Lift up, your, lift up your arms. Lift up your hands. Praise is easy. Worship is not. Worship says, listen, I, it doesn't matter how you feel, what kind of things are going on in the world around us. It's not about your emotions. Worship says, I understand that God is in complete control of my life, complete control of the world around me. And I, for that, I can give him worship because I humbly become, befo- come before him. I can kneel down, I can raise my arms up and say, okay, God, no matter what's going on in the world around us, no matter how bad things have gotten, I'm going to worship you because I humbly become before you. Does worship come from our emotions? Does it? Does it start with our emotions? Absolutely not. It doesn't start with our emotions. Does it get to our emotions? Yes, absolutely. Sometimes we don't feel like worshiping. Sometimes we actually have to work from the outside in where we say, you know what? I don't like what's going on. I don't feel like worshiping, but I'm going to come in. I'm going to praise. I'm going to give thanks for what God has done, which enters into a time of worship. Say, okay, God, whatever you want, whatever your will is, let it be done. Just as praise is intertwined with thanksgiving, worship is intertwined with surrender. Worship is a total attitude of the heart. There's one theologian who said that when it comes to music and liturgy, the liturgy is stuff that we say or, or how we, the words we pray or even the creeds that we say here. He says, you know, music and liturgy definitely can assist and express our worshiping heart, but they cannot make a non-worshiping heart turn into a worshiping one. In other words, there's danger in giving a non-worshiping heart the sense that they have worshiped. If you think you can live however you want throughout the week on, on Sunday mornings and then turn on Sunday mornings to worship with the saints, you're wrong. In other words, you've got to be able to say, listen, I'm going to worship throughout the week, no matter what's going on in the world around us, because God deserves my praise. That's why David said, your love is better than life. I will praise you all the days of my life. I will lift up my hands. David is going through some terrible, terrible hardships when he's writing Psalm 100. He's going through some terrible times, but yet he can say, shout with joy. I come before you, humbly know who you are. Because in worship, we also understand that we acknowledge who God is, don't we?
We understand and acknowledge who God is. Look at verse 3. It says, Know that the Lord is God. He is the one who made us. We are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. I've talked about this before. I always feel bad that we are referred to as sheep because sheep are the dumbest animals alive, right? But we make some pretty dumb decisions, don't we? We have some things in our life that we get worried and upset about some of the hardest things. It says in the Bible that I'm the good shepherd. good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's what a good shepherd does. That's why when we celebrate communion, remember that Christ died for us. Body broken, his blood shed. Who? For us. Why? Because he loves us. We acknowledge who God is. We, we come to a point where we say, you know what? We're going to surrender. Surrender to him. Because in worship, we also give thanks to God. Look at verse 4. It says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, the temples were part of the outer, there was a, in the temple there was the outer wall surrounded by the temple guards. Once they would enter into the temple, they would enter through the gates, you're entering into the presence. It's the same thing with worship. Once you enter with praise, you enter in a time of worship. Isaiah 63 says this, it says, I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel, according to his compassion and many kindness. Why? Why would we do that? Why would we get to a point where we are going to sing praise and worship if we don't feel like it? You want to know why? Verse 5 tells us why. For the Lord is good, his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. God is good, his love endures forever. It's not contingent on what we've done or how we're doing. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The same God that was with David is the same God who was with Paul is the same God that's here today with us. Same God. You may say, well, you know what? David doesn't know what I'm going through. David knows. David's been in worse positions than you are. I pretty much guarantee nobody in here is a murderer, right? Who's running from their lives. David's going through some hard stuff in life. You're going through some hard stuff in life, and we come to the point on Sunday mornings that we just don't feel like worshiping. We worship because he, though his love endures forever, his faithfulness continues through all generations. You know, I've been there. I think people think pastors, they get up and they just listen to praise and worship all day, and that's what they do, right? I wish it were the case, right? I wish that... I could say that I always feel like getting to a point of praise and worship. There are times in my life that I do not feel like it. There are times uh, in the past few weeks we're dealing with some various things and um, going around some situations that I can't control that I understand. I, I get to a point where I just don't feel like giving praise. It might not be on Sunday mornings. Maybe for you it's Sunday mornings. Maybe for you it's Monday mornings. You just don't feel like it. You go, you know, I'm not feeling, my heart doesn't feel right to give praise and worship. What the Bible is saying, what David is saying, what is very clear is that it doesn't start with your emotions. Does it get to your emotions? Absolutely. But sometimes you have to get to a point where you sing to give praise to enter in time of worship so that it can penetrate your emotions so you realize how great God is and you remember that his love endures forever. But I've been there. I've been there in times where you just don't feel like it. My hope is that you get to a point where, even though we don't feel like worshiping, we get to a point to realize that his love does endure forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That's why I love the song that Brad sang. 
I'm going to ask Brad to come and sing that song again for us. And I, I just want you to listen. Don't sing along. We're going to sing it just the chorus once through, and then I'm going to ask that you sing along with us. But I want you to listen to the words that we're singing here. Because this song talks about what it's like when we don't feel like giving praise and worship. What does that look like? Some of you are going through some hard stuff. The joy this morning is that the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So no matter how we're feeling, we can come to a place where we can give praise and worship, which really touches our emotions. Yes, I will lift you high. In the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will. Yes, I will lift you high. forever as faithfulness continues through all generations i hope you can get to the point this morning where we can come to a point of praise which enters into worship i leave you with this quote it was a great i read a book on worship called uh, 360 worship 365 and this quote says this it's going to come up here so you can read along with me it says david the author says this when we praise god we are ringing the doorbell making our presence known letting him know that we have come to see him and our praise is the thank you that refuses to be silenced when he hears our prayers praise he gets up to open the door and invites us to come in when we go inside we move from praise to worship in other words praise is the vehicle into God's presence worship worship is what we do once we get there my hope is that we can get to a point of even not feeling like it, even though our emotions don't feel like giving praise and worship, that we can get to a point where we are so grateful for what God has done and His faithfulness continues through all generations. That's why we're calling that series, that, that worship night, uh, Generations. Why? Because it's about generations. God's faithfulness through all generations. You need to be there. You need to be there to give Him praise and glory. You need to be here this morning in the presence, even though you don't feel like it, you praise. That's why when Brad's going to sing this again, I want you to sing along with us. The words are going to come up on the screen behind us. And then Pastor Doug's going to lead us through a time of communion where we remember what Christ did for us on the cross. So sit there and sing the song with us. Let's sing this together. Yes, I will. Yes, I Joy when my heart is heavy. 